This is your weekly news roundup. My name is Yaakov M. Baruch Diana M.S. This past week, the Jewish world suffered an unspeakable loss. Yidin were plunged into Avelis throughout the world on Shushan Purim with the petira of the Sar HaToyra HaRav HaGoyen Rav Chaim Kanievsky Zechet Tzadik HaKadosh LaBrocha. Levaya took place on Sunday, one of the biggest Levayas ever in Eretz Yisrael, an estimated 750,000 Yidin attended. In the days prior to his petira, Rav Chaim had not been feeling well on Erev Shabbos. His condition severely worsened and he collapsed in his home. Thousands quickly began to recite Tehillim, but the medics were forced to declare his death after their attempts at resuscitation failed. Reb Chaim was a revered and unifying leader, respected by Yidin across a wide spectrum, including non-Haredim and secular Yidin as well. His patira was published on the front pages of nearly every newspaper in the country, from the left-wing Haaretz to Haredi papers like Yated Neman. His family was visited on Matzai Shabbos by former Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu. Hundreds of thousands of Yidin from all walks of life sought his advice. The war in Ukraine is now in its fourth week, and while the Russians are brutal and have decimated many Ukrainian neighborhoods, killed perhaps thousands of innocent Ukrainian men, women, and children, the Ukrainian people continue to resist, and they continue to fight and show no signs of letting up. The Russians have still not gained control of virtually every large Ukrainian city. There have been thousands of Russian casualties. Here is a clip of President Biden describing a new assistance package that he is sending to Ukraine. Take a look. On Saturday... My administration authorized another $200 million to keep a steady flow of weapons and ammunition moving to Ukraine. Now I'm once again using my presidential authority to activate activate an additional security assistance to continue to help Ukraine fend off Russia's assault, an additional $800 million in assistance. That brings the total of new U.S. security assistance to Ukraine to $1 billion just this week. And Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky addressed a joint session of Congress via teleconference, as well as the Israeli Knesset. He delivered powerful speeches and urged both countries to do more to support his freedom-fighting army. Take a look at this clip of Zelensky. Now, it is true, in the darkest time for our country, for the whole Europe, I call on you to do more. New packages of sanctions are needed constantly, every week, until the Russian military machine stops. Restrictions are needed for everyone on whom this unjust regime is based. Meanwhile, U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Linda Thomas-Greenfield was asked on CNN about reports of Russians moving Ukrainians to Russia. Take a look. Uh, Can you confirm, does the U.S. know that that's happening? And if it is happening, how disturbing is that? I've only heard it. I I can't confirm it, uh, but I can say it is disturbing. It is unconscionable for Russia to force Ukrainian citizens into Russia uh, and put them in what will basically be concentration and uh, prisoner uh, camps. Here's Republican Senator Lindsey Graham saying that while a NATO no-fly zone is not realistic, there is bipartisan support to send fighter jets and air defense systems for a Ukrainian no-fly zone. Take a look. So the bottom line is while NATO no-fly zone seems to be a bridge too far for me and the administration, there is bipartisan support for sending a package that includes fighter jets and air defense systems to the Ukraine immediately so that we can have a Ukrainian no-fly zone. Graham was also asked by a reporter if he stands by his earlier statement calling for the assassination of Vladimir Putin. Check this out. 
Yeah, I, I hope he'll be taken out one way or the other. I don't care how they take him out. I don't care if we send him to The Hague and uh, try him. I just want him to go. Yes, I'm on record. Please. This past week, the New York Times admitted that the Hunter Biden laptop was authentic and was not Russian disinformation, as President Joe Biden claimed. White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki was asked if the president stands by his claim that the laptop was a, quote, Russian plant. Take a look. The New York Times has authenticated emails that appear to have come from a laptop abandoned by Hunter Biden in Delaware. Um, the president previously said that the New York Post story about this was a bunch of garbage and that it was a Russian plant. Does he stand by that assessment? I've pointed the Department of Justice and also to Hunter Biden's representatives. He doesn't work in the government. Fox's Howard Kurtz called out the media for failing to cover the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. He said it's an absolute embarrassment. Check it out. It is an absolute embarrassment that the way that the media downplayed or ignored or mocked or minimized this story that the New York Times now says is under active federal investigation for possible tax violations or lobbying violations by the president's son. And, and, and they're still not covering it. None of the other networks have touched this story. Vice President Kamala Harris's husband tested positive for COVID. Here is the president mistakenly saying that it was the first lady's husband. Take a look. There's been a little change in the arrangement of who's on the stage because of the first lady's husband uh, contracting COVID. But uh, look at this room and what you see. Pardon? That's right. She's fine. It's me. That's not together. The second lady, the first gentleman... Yeah, after he made the comment, they reminded him that you're the first lady's husband, Mr. President. Hey, look, we got to give the man a pass. Vice president, first lady. I mean, these things can be really confusing. I mean, he's only been in Washington for about 50 years. Dr. Anthony Fauci this week was asked if he plans to retire anytime soon. Take a look. You know, you said you're going to stay in this job until we get out of the pandemic phase. Of course, you've been serving your country now for decades. Are we approaching the point where we are past the pandemic phase and you'll uh, go get some rest? <laughs> I'm not so sure, George. I want to make sure we're really out of this before I really seriously consider doing anything different. We're still in this. We have a way to go. I think we're clearly going in the right direction. I hope we stay that way. And gas prices and inflation continue to skyrocket another week, another increase in inflation. Here is Senator John Barrasso saying that the Biden people are basically trying to blame anybody they can. Take a look. Well, Joe Biden can't hide from the fact that um, he is the president of high gas prices and they're looking for anyone to blame, whether it's Putin, whether it's Republicans, whether it's the energy companies, whether it's COVID. The Democrats have a very big problem with 40-year high inflation, highest gas prices ever. When Joe Biden came into office, it was $2.38 a gallon for gasoline. American families paid $1,000 more, George, for energy last year than the year before. And on polling last week, 70% of Americans say more American oil and gas and less emphasis on climate. I mean, blame the janitor, blame the butler, blame Putin, blame anybody you need to blame. And finally, Rabbi Schneer Eurichman, the director of the Chabad of the Florida Panhandle, led the invocation prayer last week at the opening of the Florida House and Senate. The rabbi led those prayers in honor of the victims in Ukraine. Take a look. 
We're pleased to have with us today Rabbi Schnorr Oyrichman from Shabbat of Tallahassee at the invitation of Representative Slosberg King. Rabbi, please approach the well. So we start with an act of goodness and kindness, since this is a place of goodness and kindness, I put a dollars into the charity box. We pray that our world as a whole turn to amity, not calamity, to peace, not to war, to light, not darkness. This has been your weekly news roundup. Thank you for watching. My name is Yaakov M.